Hi, I'm Helen Avery. And I'm Ryan Jude. And you're listening to Green is the New Finance from the Green Finance Institute. This episode, we'll be speaking with screenwriter, producer and film director Richard Curtis about his Make My Money Matter campaign that's rallying the world to ensure their pensions are invested sustainably. As well as a little bit of festive fun. Every time we make a film for the UN, we always say we need the billions to turn into trillions, and it's always a mystery how that's going to happen. So always in the back of my mind, I'm saying, where does the biggest money come from? Um, And then I just started to think about it a little bit and found out, you know, there's three trillion in the UK pension pot. There's 47 trillion in the world pension pot. And you suddenly think, well, if that money could be invested, that's big money and going into real drivers of change. Welcome, everyone, to this holiday special podcast, the last for 2020. Ryan, are you feeling festive? Uh, more festive than I was expecting, uh, given how 2020 has gone so far. I think it's felt like it's taken a little bit longer to get into the Christmas cheer. But um, I finally put my Christmas tree up at the weekend, so I'm getting there. What about you over in New York? How are things? I, um, I've i been listening to Fairy Tale of New York on repeat. <laughs> Very nice. No, no, not really, but I will do. I will definitely be doing it. I've not really had the chance to think about festivities yet, but I sense that's all going to change with our guest today, the wonderful Richard Curtis. Yes, I'm sure he'll get us into the Christmas mood. Um, But Christmas is not why Richard is joining us. It's instead to discuss his very powerful and important work in the green finance space, specifically to do with pensions. Richard Curtis, of course, needs no introduction and his successes in film and TV are widely known. But outside of that, he, of course, also co-founded Comic Relief and Red Nose Day, as well as working on Make Poverty History amongst many other world-famous campaigns. And his next big campaign is all about sustainable pensions. It is indeed. Richard launched the Make My Money Matter campaign in the UK last summer, calling for money invested in UK pensions to be used in building a better world, one that puts people and planet alongside profit. Um, And as I'm sure Richard will share, many of us are unaware that our pensions may be invested in sectors and companies that have a negative impact on the environment, like fossil fuels. And the campaign has been so well received that Make My Money Matter has now gone global. And with £3 trillion invested in just the UK's pensions alone, the campaign truly has the potential to be one of the most important parts in the fight against climate change and indeed in greening all our investments. And we will be speaking to Richard about this, how it has been received so far, why it's so important, and if you stick around to the end, a few fun Christmas questions have been thrown in for good measure. It is Christmas after all. So without further ado, let's bring Richard in. Richard, welcome to Green is the New Finance. Thank you so much for joining us for our final episode of the year. Very, very glad to be here. I love being the Christmas guest. <laughs> I, I'm very Christmassy. Uh, at the end, <laughs> ask, me, ask me for my 12 favourite Christmas songs of all time, and there are some real bangers there. <laughs> But we're here not to talk about this just yet. Anyway, we want to talk about pensions um, yes. and make my money matter. Pensions with intentions, such a brilliant phrase, by the way. Was that you? Pensions with intentions? Oh, I don't know. Although I do like an alliteration. <laughs> Pension you can be proud of. That's another one. It's all about raising awareness that where we invest our pension pots matters and creating a movement towards ensuring that pensions are invested in building a better future. How did you come to focus on pensions? 
Well, no, I mean, I'm more surprised than anybody um, that I'm that I'm on this particular railroad. I mean, there's long and short answers. So, you know, I've every time we make a film for the UN, we always say we need the billions to turn into trillions. And it's always a mystery how that's going to happen. You know, when you look at aid budgets, you think, well, there's not a trillion there. So always in the back of my mind, I'm saying, where does the biggest money come from? <clears throat> and then I saw this brilliant TED talk by Dr. Bronwyn King, you know, about how she is a cancer doctor, had her first meeting with her financial expert and found out that the three of her top six investments in her pension fund were in cigarettes so that she'd killed more people than she'd saved. So I suddenly thought, wow, there's a very interesting emotional story. Um, and then I just started to think about it a little bit and found out, you know, there's three trillion in the UK pension pot. There's 47 trillion in the world pension pot. And you suddenly think, well, if that money could be invested, that's big money and going into real drivers of change, non-charitable drivers of change, businesses that will thrive. Um, I've always been interested in that idea. So we suddenly thought about the concept of a financial footprint as it were, being the best way to guarantee your carbon footprint, as it were. So um, we really looked into it, really checked on the big issue, which is, are you going to lose money? Is it morals versus money? Is it value versus values? And the more we looked into it, the more it did seem like a thing where if you could just give people this extra bit of information and a few hints as to how they could be part of it, it could transfer you know, exactly those trillions that I've always dreamt of. Three trillion pounds in UK pensions, 47 trillion in global pensions. That, that's a lot of money that could be potentially funding the wrong things. But just to add further context to the campaign, how bad is it? You know, what sort of industries are we inadvertently funding? Well, you know, I'm actually very keen. Ask me later about stressing the positive side, because actually that's what I, I want to tell you about the last meeting I had. I moved my pension and I had my first ever, you know, proper meeting with my pension people. And all the things that I'm invested in, green cement, fuel cell technology, shipping manufacturing, you know, these are all exciting. But we had a kind of crisis at Comic Relief where we looked into where our investments were and they were, you know, unguarded. So they were in cigarettes, in fossil fuels. You know, we say pornography. I don't know if there were, but there's always a worry with some publishers, you know, definitely in gambling, definitely not looking out for deforestation. Um, and so those are the worries that you're actually in your life doing all you can, recycling, turning off the lights, you know, trying to stop your kids smoking cigarettes, and then your money's supporting the opposite. So there's a huge amount of progress to be made. Have you been surprised by the reception you've had? I saw you, we both saw you speak um, at the Green Horizon Summit, where you mentioned that you had this idea of Make My Money Matter, and you mentioned it to Mark Carney, and could it launch without all these key elements already in place, the legislation, disclosures, etc. And he said, you know, just, just do it anyway, which is fantastic advice, and well done for taking it. Um, but, you know, the momentum seems to have been huge. And we, you know, last month you had a pensions party. Some of our colleagues were there. It was very exciting. No, look, I think the surprise to me is how I said the other day, it was like dating. If somebody doesn't ask someone out on the second date, nobody's, there won't be a date. And the surprising thing here is how primed everyone was and is to move. 
you know, people like Aviva and Nest and the huge BT pension pot that everyone's kind of was waiting to leap, but they were waiting. You know, and I remember talking to a guy from BlackRock and he said they were just issuing a paper called saying the why not moment has arrived. And that actually you look and see that the government is passing a pensions bill that is really working in order to achieve these things. And that Mark Carney gave up being governor of the Bank of England and is now thinking about, you know, attaching a temperature to every business so that whenever you make an investment, you know whether or not you're, it's a 1.5 degree investment or a 3.5 degree investment. So I think the big surprise is that this was, you know, as it were, a, a, a peach waiting to be picked. Sounds incredibly promising. It's just that it, it was waiting for someone such as yourself, such as Make My Money Matter, to just come along and actually start having these hard conversations that everyone was wanting to have, but just not yet doing. Well, that's, and, what, that's what Mark talked about, by the way. He said the pension funds don't know the public want it, and yet Diffid Research said 70% of the public do. He said people think that it's risky, but risk is much more to do with companies being found out to be unethical and therefore really punished in the stock market for their hypocrisy. Um, and that people with long-term planning are definitely going to be the people who succeed more and they'll be paying attention to the sustainable development goals. And so he said that the risk is, is, is actually completely the other way around. And as far as the, you know, everyone's saying, well, I don't quite know what to do because which system, which standard do I go for? They are being developed, but they need to be accelerated. And you could wait for a thousand years for everyone to adopt the same system. So that's why he said, go now. And suddenly, you know, systems are being locked down, are being developed. Everyone's saying, well, I won't wait till he's got the perfect system. I'll take the system I think is best at the moment for judging the nature of my portfolio and my investment. Uh, you know, it is an accelerator. It's part of, you know, trying to create a sense of urgency and, and cop next year really helps with that. And do you feel that the pandemic and the onset of that being related to us interfering with nature, do you think that's helped accelerate this conversation as well? I, do, I mean, I do. I think that investments of the kind we're talking about have increased comparatively during the pandemic. So I do think that money is moving the right way at greater speed. I mean, my take on it a little bit is I feel the pandemic has proved the worst can happen. I mean, I think from the climate point of view, you know, people have been saying Manhattan will flood and everyone's been saying, yeah. But, you know, when Manhattan suddenly flooded with people who were sick, when you saw how a, an act of nature can completely transform and close down societies, I think the credibility that there is an urgent crisis has hugely increased that's exactly it that we need to we need to get going so talking about action and and getting involved on the make my money matter campaign you've highlighted changes needed by three main constituents um individuals organizations and governments and institutions we've touched on a couple of ways that all three can get involved already but i'd just like to go through each of them in turn quickly first up with individuals i would love to hear what the response has been like and has it typically been from younger people i know that you often talk about how energized the younger generation is on climate change, or are you getting positive engagement from all demographics? Well, um, that's a good question. I, I was having lunch with the oldest actor I know, and he made a phone call to his accountant during the lunch. 
So I do think that for people who've been kind of active and thinking about these things all their lives, you're suddenly saying, oh, here's a new thing. And people have been thinking more and more, I think, what can I actually do rather than I'll support a charity and I'll vote for the right party, as it were, they say, well, I should cut down flying. I should look where my food comes from. I should look where my clothes come from. And suddenly you say to them, well, here's a really powerful weapon in your armory. So I don't think it's limited just to young people, but I think young people feel that what can I actually do thing more than anyone. Um, and so our feeling is that anyone who hears about it and understands it, they immediately think I should do something about this. And then sort of the next hurdle is what? And in some ways it's easier if you're a person with a bit of money who's got someone who advises you on finance, but what if you just work in a firm and you know your, your pension as most people's is linked to your place of work? And we're just trying to tell people they raise the issue. That's actually what finance officers are there for. My feeling is I literally haven't had a conversation with one person who said, nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> none of that. Um, you know, because, and also everyone is aware. What's the point of it? it? That's where pensions have a kind of beauty to them, which is the whole point of them is to buy yourself a better future. And there's no point having a slightly bigger house in a, in a world on fire. You know, it just makes a lot of sense to people. So on the, on the what, for the individuals listening at home, just really want to get, get across how easy this is. You know, what can they do after listening to this podcast to get involved with the movement? One, find out a bit about your pension. Can we get a breakdown of whether or not it's a simple default pension, which is going into everything or whether there's a green option within that company? You know, this isn't a instantly shift and go to somewhere else campaign. You should be able to work within the parameters you're already in. So if you're in that situation, do that. And if you're in a if you're working for someone and your pension's done through them, just ask the question. Say, I really want to know where the company pension is, how it works, if it's ethical. Have you considered that it's ethical? Why would you not? So many firms now are saying, well, we're doing everything we can for the environment. And simply to go into them and say, by the way, do you realize the biggest thing you could do as a firm is make sure that your pension money is invested in a good thing? So start that dialogue. So those are the two basic things. Um, so just ask that question and then ask it again, you know, don't get fobbed off. But I think that you will find, and that's where the partnership happens, that the people you talk to are interested now in being asked that question. I think it's just so exciting to think that you can have like create real change as an individual by just uh, moving where your money is or, or putting it in a place that's going to make a difference. And even just beyond pensions, um, I'm based here in New York at the moment and in the US there's a movement for people to really think about where their money's on deposit. I mean, is yeah. it on deposit with banks that are financing large corporates or is it with banks that are financing your community? All of this matters. Yeah. You know, um, I moved bank to a bank called Triados, mm -hmm. um, you know, and they're brilliant. And they've been in this business for ages and they've got, a, they've, I've got a very pretty new credit card with a leaf on it. <laughs> um, but yeah. And by the way, I think this will spread, you know, we're, we're so much talking to people who are in, you know, the investment community, shareholders, all that sort of stuff. But immediately it alerts you to something that seems so logical. Right. Yeah, it seems so obvious, but we haven't thought about it, really. And regarding organisations, so, um, you know, you're encouraging them to look at where their employee pension schemes are invested. 
And the response looks like it's been really encouraging. You mentioned Triodos, but there's also uh, what I was seeing on your website, um, BNP Paribas, uh, yeah. Environment Agency, Pension Fund, Tribe Impact Capital, Abundance, Ecotricity, a few of our podcast guests, actually, <laughs> which yeah, is Albert, great. Al- Albert BAFTA has moved, yes. which is quite right. Everyone's making all these films about the environment. They don't want to think that they're actually chopping down trees with BAFTA's money. <laughs> Anyone on this list... Um, you would like well anyone you'd like to see on this list that we can rally for Richard right now <laughs> everyone else <laughs> right, okay. uh, I mean, the Church of England are great they've moved huge swathes of money into into green funds you know I, I I literally mean everyone I can't see why you wouldn't do that way and and it's that kind of talk which makes people a bit nervous because you know people are worried that the fossil fuel companies will be disinvested from and therefore invested in by people who don't give a damn about all this. But that's where the other half of this comes in, which is you are also talking about changing companies' behaviours because it's sort of self-evident that it will probably be the big fossil fuel companies that make the most crucial changes towards renewable energy. So it's not only a question of getting out, it's more a question of changing everyone's behaviours. Right. On this topic, there have been some pension fund companies in the UK who've who've said that they're decarbonising their portfolios. Aviva, yeah. you mentioned earlier, is incredible. And um, also at the Green Horizon Summit, I heard you say that bankers, investors, and business leaders are the necessary heroes of our time. Which um, I, I know many bankers would be thrilled with, <laughs> with to hear that. Um, but it's really a different sentiment that we had like to a decade ago, um, and it's it's not just. It's flattering. It's a fact. We really do need finance to be on board with our, with our goals, right? Yeah. And, you know, for me, when we did the Make Property History campaign, the Live Eight concerts, we couldn't get any business to talk to us. And there's been such a huge shift in the attitudes of businesses towards these issues. Not only, I mean, for their staff and consumers, for a start, there genuinely is a consumer revolution going on where people will expect companies to behave in the right way. So I think that it is great that people that, that people are thinking about it more and are talking about it more all the time. I think also it makes economic sense as well. If there's one thing that you know, everyone in this world is trying to get out there, it's that companies that invest responsibly and our sustainable operations will be the longer term winners, as you've, as you've touched upon. I mean, I'll just say, for instance, I remember a very interesting, I can't remember, I think it was in Kenya. You know, I I went to visit a thing called Mkopa, which is a system that puts a um, solar panel on the top of the poorest of houses. And suddenly they have, you know, radio and charge their telephones and most importantly, get electricity for their stoves rather than, you know, having to burn smoky charcoal, as it were. And the speed with which that expanded. And I actually met the woman the other day who put the first investment into that. So you suddenly see this incredible virtuous circle. They've made a lot of money. The company's reaching hundreds of thousands of people. Everybody's healthier, better connected, paying through their phones. Uh, And it's a business that is doing so much more than a charity that was, as it were, doing that house by house and tiny community. So the issue, and creating a lot of jobs as well. So this respect for what business can do and that possibly the way to change capitalism is through green capitalism and ethical and sustainable capitalism, you know, I, strikes me as exciting, even though I'm no, you know, political theorist. 
talking about politics, um, coming to the third major constituency that you you mentioned, which is governments and institutions. So you touched upon the pensions bill earlier that's coming through the UK Parliament. And just for the people who are listening, um, this would be a bill that would see the pension schemes with over £5 billion or more in assets under management be required to publicly report on the physical risks facing their portfolio by the end of 2022. And you know, this would obviously it would impact the top 100 largest pension schemes in the UK. Um, I just want to know, yourself and the guys that make my money matter, do you think that this goes far enough? And also, what else do you think the government could be doing? I, I tend to make the ads. Um, but I think that we're <laughs> in that benign and traditional situation where actually the government are doing well and they're particularly doing well as we approach COP and that sort of responsibility. But I know that every, I mean, I, I think they would like every company to commit to net zero and to actually have that in their systems. And I think that government doesn't think that is their, you know, that it's their job to regulate exactly to that level. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a live debate. And as you make the more cautious but completely necessary moves, it increases the likelihood of ever more, um, you know, not radical, but ever more necessary changes. Hmm. So on COP26, um, you know, it's coming, you say a lot of momentum, certainly seeing some great things come out of, of the UK government, you say, sort of encouraged by by what's coming uh, next year in Glasgow. What, um, what are your plans for Make My Money Matter movement leading up to COP26? Well, my big plan is to ring Billy Connolly. Um, this is... <laughs> So, yeah, as it were, anyone from Glasgow listening, what would be absolutely brilliant is if Glasgow Council, um, Celtics and Rangers, Glasgow University and Billy Connolly from Glasgow all publicly <laughs> announced that they were moving their pensions into the highest standard uh, sustainable pensions. So, you know, as it were, there's that level of, of gimmickry. But also, you know, we're seriously talking about you know, again, trying to make the government make as many steps as possible and also spreading this message around the world. So those people who arrive have also heard the message so that actually we're seeing actually Make My Money Matter has sprung up by name in Australia. But there are lots of other countries. There are movements in the USA. There are movements in New Zealand. I've got a little list here. Wait a second. Sweden, Germany. Canada, lots of countries, so that one of the things is to get the message out so that everyone arrives with the same, you know, purpose. I think that's really important. And we want to obviously increase the public pressure and knowledge about this issue so that when you ask anyone, you know, we're hoping for a really big, you know, campaign in the UK in general about this amazing opportunity like the Make Poverty History campaign. Yeah, actually, maybe then on this point, if you can clear up something for us, we heard that the SDG icons that really sort of spurred everyone to get behind the SDGs, that you were behind these? Is that true? Well, that's a peculiar story, but it sort of is true. Yeah, I went to the UN in 2014 because I realised I, without knowing it, had spent my entire life fighting for the MDGs and I didn't know that much about them. So, and I heard that something was coming and I, you know, as the writer of Bridget Jones 2, I know all about dodgy sequels. 
and I wanted to, I wanted to try and make sure. So I just went to the UN with my simple sort of marketing hat on and said, what's it going to look like when they come out? Because it's not going to be any good if it's a 57 page, you know, deeply typed document. Um, and they said, well, yeah, but, you know, we can't think about the design thing until it's locked. And I said, that's going to be too late. So I went to a Swedish design friend of mine called Jakob Trollback and said to him, let's just think about it. Let's say there'll be 10 or there'll be 12. I mean, they turned out to be 17. What could it look like? And he said, well, why don't we do these big color blocks and why don't we create a wheel? And then he also said all of these names when they came through were too long. Um, so, you know, you need no poverty, no hunger. We just kept going to the UN saying, look, here it is, here it is, here it is. And finally, when it came to it, because the negotiations were only locked so close to the day of the launch, they said, well, you're, you're the only option on the table. Uh, let's go for that one. But it was a very, you know, it was a close partnership. Well, we are so grateful for that. It has really, that has really changed the way people think about sustainable development goals. Thank you. You know, it's taught in schools now because yeah. kids can understand it and, um, I mean, I'm so passionate about them. I, 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 it's quite a weird thing. I fought really hard for them to be only called the global goals because I thought, and a lot of people use that term and it's a really convenient term. But I think we've got lucky that sustainable has become a really famous and meaningful word. I, I, I you know, when we started talking about it, I said, for me, sustainable is, you know, cheese that doesn't go off in the fridge. Um, you know, so, but now it is, it, it's a great word. I'm genuinely, I'm, I'm very happy that you cleared that up for us. When Helen and I were prepping for the podcast, we were wondering if we should ask that because we weren't 100% sure if it was you that had helped design them. So, but it, it can't be understated how effective they have been. Um, the amount of net zero strategies that we see today where they just drop on the correct block and the correct goals that their strategy adheres to, it's, it's incredibly powerful. Anyway, Richard, going to be a little bit of a change of subject now. Um, you may have thought you were here today to speak only about green finance, but to be quite honest, we thought we couldn't have Richard Curtis on and not at least touch upon your amazing film and TV career albeit with a slight green tinge. So, ah. <laughs> exactly. Barely, barely. <laughs> Everyone's film career, on the last film I did, there was a sustainability officer. And every day his job was to check we were doing the right thing with regard to recycling and electricity and everything like that. So every film should be an ethical film now. Mm. Fantastic. Every film, every industry. <laughs> um, we're at the time of year now where... Every single person in the UK is getting ready to sit down with their family and watch the likes of Love Actually and Bridget Jones. And despite your comments earlier, even Bridget Jones too, which I personally <laughs> very much enjoy. <laughs> um, Elf is the one. Elf is to me the great Christmas movie of this, of this century. There it is. Richard Curtis confirms that Elf is the Christmas film, not Love Actually. That, that will clear up our internal debates at the Green Finance Institute. Yeah, I'm a lampoon's person myself, but I take your point <laughs> on Elf. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, so obviously there's a lot of very memorable characters in Love Actually and in all of your films. But what we want to know, Richard, is if they were all here today in real life in 2020, which one of them do you think would be the most likely to take part in Make My Money Matter, perhaps as an ambassador? or would just be the most environmentally switched on in general? Wow. That is an interesting question. <laughs> um, 
I mean, the most necessary one would be, you know, Hugh Grant's prime minister, obviously. Yeah. I think yeah. Billy Bob Thornton's would be the least likely. And so, you know, the, the election of Biden and Kamala Harris is such a seriously important moment. For some reason or other, I don't know why. Perhaps it's because they were naked and therefore hadn't spent any money on clothes that had been made in sweatshops. For some reason or other, I think Joanna Page and Martin <laughs> Freeman would be very committed to this and they'd go back to their little house and really make sure that they'd change their pension. I'm going to say them. I'm, I'm rooting for um, Colin from Basildon, given that's near my <laughs> oh, neck of the yeah. woods. Yeah. He wouldn't give a damn. He wouldn't <laughs> give a damn. And neither would Billy Mack. They're just out for a quick buck. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, Billy Mack, he, he wouldn't care. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch all these films with a different a different viewpoint now when I'm yeah. watching the characters knowing that they would care about the environment. Well, <laughs> no, and I think some of them might, and you know that is the interesting thing. I mean, I mean, I'm just suddenly Colin Firth came into my mind, and I know when I talk to Colin about it, he's going to do something straight away because actually, you know, his wife has been working on you know fast fashion and trying to make fashion moral for absolutely ages, and I think one of the things about this whole area is not to forget the other things, that one of the things that people are really looking at is, is there diversity? Are there sweatshops? Particularly, is there gender equality? You know, is there exploitation of natural resources to an unnatural degree? So people mustn't, you know, one of the things I love about this campaign is whatever you care about will benefit. Yeah. You know, if you're the kind of person like me who's actually spent more time on poverty and development, you know, the necessary rise of local businesses that are doing the right thing in a climate friendly and also, you know, not to be affected by climate change. These are the things that are going to fight poverty, fight hunger, fix health, fix gender inequality, all those other ones of the SDGs. And it's important. I mean, I think the climate thing is clearly in a way the most specific and the one that people are most focusing on. But whatever you care about, it's still worth checking. So we're sort of nearing, sadly, our end of time with you. But before we start to wrap up, um, is there anything you want to share with us about what you're working on beyond Make My Money Matter over the year ahead? Um, I always do, you know, my red nose days in the USA and the UK. Um, I mean, they're very important to me. You know, my passion for these sort of bigger subjects doesn't rid me of my real belief in the sort of specific and important jobs that charities do. Um, I'm also, you know, unbelievably keen on the SDGs and their fame. And I think that, you know, one of the things when, you know, one of this talk about pensions is also talk about getting companies to align everything they do with the SDGs. So I'm still always working on that, trying to make sure that you know, companies, businesses, people just align their lives uh, with the SDGs. Um, and on top of that, um, you know, I'm working on a Christmas pantomime for Christmas Eve um, in which we've just cast um, Helena Bonham Carter as the evil stepmother and Olivia Coleman as the, as the good fairy godmother. So I've got to try and rewrite that the moment we hang up. But you're reuniting the Queen and Princess Margaret in your pantomime. Oh, yeah. You know, the British film industry is so small. <laughs> so we realised that we've got three members of the cast of Rev, Tom Hollanders playing Baron Harder. You know, almost, they're like a family. Everybody's related to everybody. 
So will we get to see this? Because obviously, we're, well, I don't know if you're you're out of lockdown, people might be able to go and see it live no, on stage, or is it for the... the Zoom version? So everyone's just going to be sitting. Everyone's just going to be sitting in their homes, um, reading their scripts. Oh, amazing! So we'll all get to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, should we just because it is when it is, should we add this to everyone's New Year's resolutions? I mean, I think that is a really good thing for people to think about. Maybe that's something that we should be doing, you know, trying to say to people, this is a thing that if you just gave it half an hour of your time, three times before March, you would give you would probably be giving the most effective gift to the planet that you could give, you know, there's some bit of research that it's 27 times better to move your pension than it is to give up flying, stop eating meat and, you know, recycle everything. It's, uh, you should do all those things, but this is a, is a bonus. So there we go, Richard. I was going to end with a final question where we like to bring it back to the individual and ask what can they do? What can they do outside of pensions in this case? But I feel like you touched on it there. Basically, we can do everything, but pensions will be the most impactful. Well, I think pensions is, yeah, is, is, is hugely impactful. But as you're saying, look at your bank. If you invest, look at your investments as well. It's just this new thought about the financial footprint. Just your money really matters. Make that money matter. And on that note, we will, it will be sad for us to part, but we will let you go with all the wonderful things you're doing. And so thank you so You're much. On my list of Christmas songs. Oh, well, you know oh, what? Yes. If you've got time, yes, we do want your 12 Christmas songs. No, we want all 12. <laughs> I'll give you four. Um, uh, George Michael's second Christmas song, oh. December song. That's an absolute cracker. The greatest of all is Tim Minchin's song, White Wine in the Sun, which is completely beautiful. Uh, I'm very obsessed by Emmy the Great and Tim Wheeler's album, particularly the song Home for the Holidays and Snowflakes. And then old Nick Lowe's old toy trains is very fine. My God, I haven't heard of one of these. <laughs> Where's the Slade? Stop it, stop Slade. <laughs> We've heard that enough. If you've got to when go, you, when you... go for one more sleep by Leona Lewis. <laughs> that one I have heard of. Oh, this is fantastic. Well, great. Well, now we've got a list to listen to right now. <laughs> Thank you. That's so much fun. And congratulations for everything you do. You know, this is the 17th Sustainable Development Goal is partnership. And that's the thing we've, we're just a slightly chirpy, noisy, new voice in a world that a lot of people have done amazing work on, setting the groundwork, really, you know, World Wildlife Fund, Share Action. All these people have been thinking about this. So, you know, more power to all their elbows and to yours. And, you know, very good luck for the year ahead. It's going to take us all. So really appreciate it. And uh, happy Christmas to you and all of yours. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Richard. And Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. Well, I love that whole interview. Um, I can't believe he didn't mention What's This from The Nightmare Before Christmas in his favourite Christmas songs, though. Oh, my God. Another one I haven't heard of. <laughs> I clearly need to move beyond my Now That's What I Call Christmas 2003. <laughs> well, that's my favourite. I don't think it's as niche as the ones Richard came out with, but, Helena, I can send you a list after after this recording. Great. Um, but look, on a, more, on a more serious note, it was great to speak to Richard about all the work that Make My Money Matter is doing. Um, it can't be stressed enough how much of an impact this could have. And it's only just the beginning. It's only just starting to grow. 
Yeah. We talk all the time about how finance is crucial to achieving our environmental and social goals. But I think sometimes we forget that one of the biggest differences we can make as individuals is just becoming aware of what our money is doing, whether it's in our bank accounts or investment funds or our pension funds. So we couldn't agree more. And the real beauty of it is that every single person that's listening to this podcast that reads about the campaign can do something about their pensions. Um, perhaps it could be everyone's New Year's resolutions, as Richard rightly said at the end. Yeah, that would be fantastic. And speaking of the new year, uh, we'll be back the first week of January with Dale Vince, founder of clean energy company Ecotricity and owner of Forest Green Rovers, talking about the exciting innovations that he's been developing. And I can't wait to talk to him about the example that Forest Green Rovers has set and how football and sports can play an integral part in greening the world economy. Until then, from all of us at the Green Finance Institute, we wish you a very happy holidays and hope you'll join us again in the new year. Green is the New Finance is brought to you by the Green Finance Institute with audio production by Fairly Media.